Okay, I have a theory, okay. Okay. I feel like, although I wouldn't want to, I could fight any animal, almost any animal, and survive. Because, okay. Right? Okay. There are a couple exceptions, right? Like a shark, I would not want to fight. Are you armed? Not to... No. Okay. No. Okay. I wouldn't want to fight a shark. I wouldn't want to fight a snake. And I wouldn't want to fight a gorilla. Okay. Okay. So, I think that could easily apply to any of these characters in Smash Brothers. I mean, Donkey Kong. I wouldn't want to fight him. Okay. Although, I feel like you could, because you, like, just threatened to burn a banana or something. He get really angry about that, though. He'd probably beat you. <laughs> you just... <laughs> wind up and punch yeah so i guess my question to you would be like who would you least want to fight, fight in, in real the, life in the, in real life in the ultimate universe in, in the ultimate game huh who would i least want to fight um that's, that's a really interesting question i don't know my first thought is like Mewtwo, but i don't understand like because he's got the psychic abilities and he can make you like self-conscious <laughs> Subconscious, yeah. <laughs> my my one true weakness. Um, See, first my first thought was like, oh, Ridley. Yeah, Ridley would be bad. Skidley, Skidley, Ridley, Skidley. <laughs> <laughs> Scary dragon creature. Yeah. But then my next thought was like, I can't fight Princess Peach. I mean, she. Those turnips, man. Yeah. I mean, I could. Yeah. Um, or, or the ice climbers are probably worse since they're like little girls. I don't know. If there's is there any like creature that'd be extremely painful to, to fight? To fight. I think Ridley is fire and what about but just punching him? Kirby. I th- if he sucked you up, yeah. <laughs> like how would you? How would you escape that? He can suck up just about anything. I guess the question would be like the range of motion that you would have inside Kirby's void, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Because like you could take, so like okay, so I'm gonna fight Kirby. Okay. If, do I have, how much preparation do I have? A minute. Okay. In this fight, are things okay. gonna fall from the sky? Um. No. No items. No items. About uh, final destination only. I feel like I could hmm, find some sort of sharp object, right? And then take it inside Kirby with me. And then like carve him up from the inside? And just like boom, 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 stab, stab, stab. Hmm. Okay. Whereas like Ridley, like that wouldn't like... Do you think you could beat any of the Smash Bros. characters? Oh, definitely. Okay, which ones? Uh, Mario. Okay. Uh, ice climbers. Okay. Pichu. That could. Okay. Okay. Um. Piranha plant. See, all, all I can think about is how like painful these characters, and like Mario could probably punch your head off. Do you think so? He, he can. He can break through brick bro- blocks with his <laughs> he hand. Can, he can breathe through brick blocks. He can break brick. Rocks. Break. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. I'm not gonna. No. Yeah. King K. King K. Rule would not be when I'm gonna fight. No. That guts. It's got a big gut. There's a lot of humans in there. I bet. <laughs> okay. I could fight Diddy Kong. Yeah, you could take. Not Diddy. that I would, but I could. Yeah. No. Take that. <laughs> Hmm. What about Pac-Man? Does Pac-Man have, like, a physical form? I mean, he's a body. Oh, we Fit Trainer. Easy. She's pretty... Like, he or she's probably pretty fit. Like, how how are you attacking these guys? C-Stick. Up B. Up B. What, what are your moves, Matt? If you were in Smash Bros, what would your moves be? Open-handed slap. Okay. Elbow. Um, run and tackle. Your special be like Papa Bless. <laughs> I don't know how that would be. Like, like 
It's like Jigglypuff, but instead of putting them to sleep, it makes them feel nice about themselves. Nice about themselves, and then I <laughs> knock them off Suck the punch. Yeah. Bye bye. Okay. Hello everyone, welcome to the Velvet Review. I'm Matthew. And I'm Graham. And if you haven't guessed already, after that five minute intro. We're trying to switch it up a little. Um, we're going to be talking about Super Smash Brothers, or Bros. Which Super one? Brothers abbreviated. Who were the original Smash Brothers? That's a good question. Anyways, we're talking about the newest release, Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, which released for the Nintendo Switch, of course, in uh, December of 2018, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it hasn't been more than a year. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's um, it's an impressive game. It's a good game, of course. It's interesting because, to my perception, Smash has not really changed a lot. Okay. And I think that's a good thing. Like, the, the core concepts are still there. Yeah. And I think what they've added... They've refined it. That's... Re yeah. Refined some of the mechanics, but kept the feel the same, and then just added funner ways to smash. Yeah. But I think those additional ways are not necessarily the ways I would like to play. Like Final Smash. Right? Okay. Um... But the like, if you compared melee to ultimate, I don't think you would really notice a large difference. Oh, there's there's a, there's a significant difference. Do you think well, so? See, I guess that's the thing. Like, at high level play, there's a significant difference. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not too sure about low level play because I can't remember the last time I played melee. You raise a good point. Um, like, I remember that it's it's very fast. And one thing I remember hearing is that it doesn't have input buffering or something, which basically means, like, if you don't... There's a thing where if you hit a button, like, let's say you, you're you pressing, uh, like, an A button combo or something. Uh -huh. um, if you press the button, like, once and then you press it again right after, um, it'll buffer... Or here, here's a good example. Like, if you're jumping... Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. And you're you're falling, and then you want to jump as soon as you hit the ground. You can hit the you can hit the jump button up to twelve frames before you hit the ground, hmm. and it will store that input, and then it'll jump as soon as you um, as soon as you hit the ground. Hmm. But um, I'm thought for certain reason that melee didn't have that. Anyways, melee's very very fast, and so. Where do you think that they corrected that? Did they correct that in Brawl or in Smash 4 or in Ultimate? I feel like they really kind of have refined it at this point because mm -hmm. Brawl was like a swing in the opposite direction. It was very slow, very floaty, hmm. um, whereas Melee was very quick and heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, Smash 4 came out and that was more... More between, in like, more in the center. Yeah. And then I'd say that the latest one is more between four and melee again. Hmm. Um, just due to, the, like, the quickness, the snappiness. Like, I mean, the way they changed, um, even the way the smashes work, how it's more of a, like, a quick motion versus a... And it, um, like, you travel almost instantly to where you're ending up. Right. When you get smashed. Right. There's there's the travel time. There's a lot of little things that make a big difference. Uh, I follow a lot of the like the small nuances and mm -hmm. the changes between Smash. You enjoy the, like the competitive scene, right? A little bit, right? yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, like I'm definitely like a casual Smash player. Like I, I played a lot of Melee when I was a kid. Yeah. I miss Brawl. Like aside from playing it a few times at like a friend's house, and then I had Smash Four and been playing Smash Four occasionally for a couple of years so to me it's it just all blends together okay so it all seems like pretty standard to me interesting um like obviously i knew like okay obviously they made some gameplay 
improvements, think glitches or unintended effects from yeah. the GameCube stage up to now. I but, think he'd be pretty surprised if he went back and played, played Brawl. Probably, yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's it's definitely... I, I feel like I, I played it a year or two ago, and it was, it was almost hard to play. Because hmm. you're so used... Like, I was so used to the snappiness of even 4. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we... I guess we'll mostly be talking about the world of light mode. Yeah, our main topic tonight is the world of light mode. Yeah. I would say this. I think my only negative about this game is I feel as though it's... I harken back to when I was playing Melee a lot as a child. And okay. Like you had to unlock characters certain ways. You had to unlock maps certain ways. And it was more of like a... Game? A journey of like how do I do this? And figuring out, like, talking with your friends, like, oh, you gotta beat blah, blah, blah to get Mewtwo or do this or do that. Like, do classic mode a bunch. With this, it's just, you get all the maps and then you just play to get the characters. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I... How do I feel about that? Because this is the first one. I don't think... Did you have to unlock any maps in Smash 4? I don't know. I don't remember. I, I, I... To me, it, it's like it left something to be desired because it's like, obviously you're unlocking the characters, which is like a sense of progression, but like there's no sense of mystery or okay something to get excited about, like to play a new map. There's not, yeah, it's kind of that there, era of there's nothing, there's no surprises anymore. No sense of discovery, almost. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, I can remember... Do you remember how Smash Brothers had a blog back in the Brawls days? No. Um, there, there was a website uh, that every... Was it a week or whether it was... Um, they would reveal something new. Hmm. Whether it was a new stage or a new character or a new item or something like that. And every... every Or even just uh, screenshots. Hmm. And every time they would reveal something new and you could follow it and I would follow websites that were looking into the pictures and seeing what else they could find and hmm. interesting um, there's a real sense of i don't know like there was that this sense of discovery something um, to be excited about and I, and I guess now we have that with the dlc characters yeah true because that's all we ever talk about <laughs> who's it gonna be next yeah no that's it's honestly it's kind of a clever way to extend that because that's that's always been the question around smash is or, like, the popular question is, who who are they going to add? Right. And nowadays, it feels like they could theoretically add anyone. Yeah. That's exciting, too. Yeah. I guess, recently, they also, in like, um, added an update with the level creator mode. Is that correct? It was pretty uh, recently. Level creator. Ago. Yeah, level creator. I thought that was. Yeah, they added it post-launch. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no. that's that's a fun way to engage players' creativity. Yeah, I there's a lot of bad ones. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So I would say that's probably my negative. But that being said, like the amount of content is the, in the game is staggering. It's ridiculous. Like in addition to just regular Smash and tournaments, they have a whole classic mode campaign. They, and then they had this special campaign called World of Light, which is basically like a story mode. And I played for 20 hours and I didn't, I didn't finish it. And I don't even think I did half of all that I could probably have done. It's frankly ridiculous. It's, it's, it's. Like I thought that, especially because they were doing the, the whole spirits thing, which is just like images. Right. I thought that they were really uh, pre-launch that they were really cutting down on what there was in the game. And Interesting. Then, yeah. And then World of Light, you get like 15 hours in, and you're like, yeah, no, this has been good. And then, wait, I'm not even halfway done. Yeah. Like, well, it's interesting. I like I I really like the spirit aspect because um, it's a great way to tie in different franchises that maybe would not normally have a character in it. Yeah. Or add in more characters from franchises that you love. They customize your character and playstyle a little bit. Um, the the map is like really cool art design and and each area can be really different 
they do a lot of cool modifiers to each battle. So, like, you might do a couple of, like, five really short battles, but then each one could be very different, or the next one could be really, really difficult, and they're constantly, like, challenging you in different ways. Yeah. Can you switch up the characters and spirits? Um, Even some of them kind of make you harken back to old fighting. Like, there's the Street Fighter section. Right. Um, where everything's, like, high gravity and... Um, it's stamina like they really play around with every system that they have at their disposal yeah yeah the stamina battles i think are one of my highlights from the world of flight something about that like triggers something that i like the idea of like hey they've got this amount of hp i've got this amount of hp yeah it's something that we don't ever play no because you just play three stock like a yeah. classy individual exactly <laughs> And, um, you know, I think that's, it really allowed, I mean, the only thing I can think of that they didn't do is coin battles. Do they have coin battles in this one? I don't know. There's there's so much to play. Yeah. I played, I played one round of classic mode, Mm -hmm. which was very interesting. Like the whole mural system and you can start at a higher difficulty, but yeah, I, other than that, I played extensive, exclusively world of light. Okay. Yeah. So. I didn't really go beyond that. And still, I spent 20 hours. Yeah. Um, I think I I have like 98% in World of Light. That's really impressive. Um, and I've got like... I, I don't know how many spirits I have in total. I think it's like seven or 800. But because um, I played a bunch of the spirit board as well. Right. And then I played a good number of the classic um, stages and right. stuff. Yeah, like, you mentioned it a little bit briefly, but World of Light is essentially, like, this story-based mode where this entity... Gleam. Gleam captures all the characters, except for Kirby. Yeah. And so you start as Kirby, and you are placed into this massive map that's hidden to you, and you just go, and you fight, and you unlock new characters and new spirits, and you expand the map, and you traverse the world, and you solve a couple of puzzles here and there to eventually fight Gleam. And I would say, like, the first section where you're on your way to fight Galeem, there's probably a, th- a thousand. <laughs> um, it's a lot. It's a lot of interactions of, like... It's, like, hundreds. Hundreds, yeah. Of, like, each... So you think each one of these spirits is, like, a character from a game, or it's a game, or, like, um, you've, like... Uh, like like Fatal, Cr- Fatal Frame. Or Cranky Kong. or Yeah, they have a whole section devoted to the Kongs. Um, other minor characters. Yeah, and some from really obscure uh, games. A lot of Pokemon are some of the spirits. Yeah. yeah. And they'll actually have... It'll be a customized Smash Battle based on the characteristics of that spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, like Pauline. Did you ever fight Pauline? I have, I have no idea. Probably. Okay. It was, it's one of the more infamous ones where it's, um, you're fighting Mario and Donkey Kong on 75, like 75 meters, that Donkey Kong stage. I don't think I did. Um, it's crazy difficult because you're fighting Donkey Kong and Mario and you're trying to defeat Peach, Pauline. Right. Um, and you only have a minute and Peach runs away from you and it's very difficult, but like... They all kind of thematically make sense, hmm. especially if you know the, where they're coming from. Um, uh, it's like a really impressive amount of efforts that was put into it. You just have to think of like all of the hours of brainstorming, right? Oh, maybe we do this combination. Okay, cool. Let's program it. Let's test it. See how it goes. Yeah. And like, like how much quality control did they have on? this it's like it's like it's so much it's so it's so much but it's also so cool because it feels like it's so modular like they could say okay i want a poison stage big wee fit trainer um and this is gonna be this person from this game Mm. like it it feels very efficient to me i don't know yeah they probably developed some sort of system or yeah because they already have yeah so, 
But um, yeah, like like you said, you 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 spend fifteen hours like traversing this world of light, yeah. and there are like optional paths, multiple paths to the same objective, and then you fight Galim, and then you realize, <laughs> oh, now I've got to fight the world of darkness, and um, you have to fight Darkon, which is yep. a great name, um, and and. I, like you had kind of give me the, given me that preface before. Uh, yeah, as I, was I wanted playing. to make sure that you didn't just give up after or near the end of World Light or anything. I mean, I was kind of. It was really odd, like the um, the tone. I don't know. I felt like the I would, I'd reached the natural the natural conclusion, even though I already knew. Right, I felt like I reached the natural conclusion, and I'm like, it drops me into this new world. It was also very late at night, so maybe my lack of sleep was playing tricks in my mind but i felt like who wants to do this all over again like it's just the same map over again and then i realized as i play a little more it's not the same at all no it's much smaller it's much more focused too yeah and it's more thematic like there are three sections that you have to do and each of those sections have like a theme um one is zelda uh themed one is castlevania themed the other one's like a quiz yeah quiz show which which made it a little more interesting because it was like puzzles and in the zelda world there's like a clock and uh, you have to unlock the the triforce yeah and so um it was a little bit more of like game within a game type thing. yeah kind of an adventure yeah it's like the first section almost feels a bit like a zelda game where you're walking around the map and you're getting the different items which are the spirits right um that's one of them can fix bridges and one of them can open this gate and one of them can fly a ship mm-hmm. um another issue i had was like sometimes you'd run across that right we're like oh there's this boulder in your way you can't move it until you find the one spirit that can move boulders and so maybe this exists already but i would have really appreciated like a hint of like maybe they're in the city district or something like that to that narrow be... to narrow the search a little bit yeah um yeah, because you think, like, for the rocks, you can use... Who did you use? I have no idea. Okay, so you can use Bomberman, and you can use, like, I think one or two other spirits right. to fix it. But you think, still, that's, like, three spirits out of 500. Yeah. Um, and some of them are, like, the bridge one. Um, I don't remember what the other ones are that you can use, but the one of them is Borden Cord and Barst. Yep. Which is a kind of generic... They're, these three fighters from Fire Emblem that you wouldn't think that they can fix a bridge. It's not a natural conclusion, yeah. Yeah. So. I did. I only ran across it a couple of times. Yeah. And it's like you don't really want to necessarily like look up where can I find Slippy, right, to fly through Star Fox's area. Yeah. But you don't want to just spend your entire life searching yeah, especially you know? if you don't, like, if you weren't familiar with the Star Fox series and don't know who Slippy is. Yeah. It would be very difficult to find. Absolutely. And the other path, you needed someone who can travel up rainbows or something? Yes, yeah. And who was that? Was it, it might have been Captain Rainbow. I don't even know who that is. He's a, that, that's an interesting character. <laughs> From a only released in Japan Wii game. That features a bunch of um, Nintendo characters that basically, like you think, like the Isle of Misfit Toys. Hmm. I see. Um, so it's got like Birdo and <laughs> a bunch of other like old Nintendo characters that never really got, saw the light of day again. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so after the Dark World, you beat Dark on. Then there's a third stage, yep. which is like dark and light in conflict. And I got to that stage, and that was two days ago. And I said, I get it. I'll finish this later. Yeah. <laughs> because I've got Zelda to play, which is going to be expansive. So um, so I didn't quite get to finish the World of Light, so I'm interested to hear this. I played a couple matches, and it seems to me there's like this a, a new mechanic in the last stage where... The more light fighters you defeat, the harder the dark fighters get, and vice versa. It's not quite like that. Okay. They don't change strength. 
but basically it's 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 more symbolic um but basically you're there's the two armies that are fighting and you can kind of if you sway the tide of battle in one direction then you get to fight like if you defeat a bunch of the light guys then you get to fight Galim again hmm. and if you defeat a bunch of the dark guys you get to fight Darkon again and mm-hmm. you get to defeat them and you get kind of a bad ending cutscene um of like yeah you you did it but they were kind of it's kind of one of those like balance things where if they're keeping each other in check mm-hmm. um although the only way to defeat them is to defeat both of them then um but if you if you so what you have to do is you have to travel up defeat both the master hand and the crazy hand Mm-hmm. And then they'll open up two more sub, like smaller areas, not like themed or anything, but just, and then you fight them again, and then you defeat them, and then, if you have it at balance, and then you defeat both of them, then bridge opens up in the middle, and if it's balanced, then you can fight both of them at the same time, hmm. which is actually a really cool battle because they fight each other. Oh, it's so cool. And um, once that's done, you get like a little cutscene at the end. It's not much, hmm. but um, it's it's a really interesting fight. Hmm. But um, I feel like you you, you do kind of get the gist of it. Yeah, and I felt like at the third at the third section, I was starting to feel a bit fatigued. Yeah, especially because I played through a lot of it in a fairly short <laughs> amount of time. Here's the thing with Smash, though, right? It's like, I, I put 20 hours into World of Light, but if you said, hey, let's play a game of Smash. I'd, you'd still be down. Yeah, of course. Like, it's just like, it's one of those games where it's like, it doesn't ever really get stale. Yeah. If you're in the right environment. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, if we loaded up GoldenEye right now, we might have a little bit of fun. But if we played GoldenEye for like two two weeks straight... It'd probably still be it'd get a little boring, but like I feel like I could play Smash every day and still yeah. have like fun. Yeah, like you could pop out open in the morning, play some Smash, like go to the spirit board and play some matches. Mm-hmm. And it 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 did remind me of like a, being a kid and playing Melee, of like going through all the classic modes and like unlocking mm. the trophies and things like that. Um, so it did remind me of like that sense of like childlike childhood like like the world of light definitely itched or scratched that itch of like discovery right because it 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 starts very small and you expand so i think i think for like a 10 year old it would be really exciting yeah so yeah no it did it did it delivered way more than i thought it would because i was not expecting too much because and you know like because, like, the marketing for the game was never, like, necessarily check out this new game mode. Like, the cut the cutscene, I think, was out there. And so you got a little sense of, like, a story mode, but it was all, like, everyone's here. That was the big tagline. Yeah. Which is genius, by the way. Um, and, like, the new characters really got everybody excited, and they and they released that in, like, little bursts to get, keep people's momentum up, right? Yeah. And, of course, it's Smash, so you know it's going to be successful. Um. So it's it was a nice surprise of like somebody who hasn't played Smash re- like religiously to be like, oh I just I get it like all the characters are here it's it's good it's fun, and then oh what's this and it's brand, it's brand it's all brand new to me, so it was very interesting. Hmm, cool. And so I do I do wonder where they're gonna go from here. Yeah, I mean that's I feel like that's a question after every Smash game because I like. When you when you when you make a point to say everyone is here, and you call the game ultimate, it's like yeah, what what's the next iteration gonna look like? Can they step back from this? Everyone is here. Will they want to? Yeah. You know, I guess it depends on the next console iteration, which yeah. I think is far away, especially for Nintendo. Yeah, because the Switch is still pretty hot. Yeah, no, and it's it's one of those things where the person behind. Like the person who like spearheads the game, mm-hmm. 
is such an integral part of it. Mm. But like, have you heard about like Sakurai's work process and all that stuff? No, I'm not overly familiar. Okay, so Masahiro Sakurai is the the kind of father of Smash Bros. Because mm-hmm. um, Smash Bros, I think it originally started as not Nintendo characters, but then they put it in it. Um, he put them in there without permission. And mm. Anyways, um, he suffers greatly, like health-wise, mm. in every iteration of the Smash game. In every Smash game he makes he says that's the last one he's going to work on Hmm. um because of the stress because of the stress because of the workload because of like he puts everything he has into like the game Mm -hmm. um and like he suffers basically Hmm. um like he does it as far as i can tell like per like he does it out of a love for the game Mm mm-hmm but he's still like what what's the idea like every single smash brothers game has been spearheaded by him Mm. what's the concept of a smash game without sakurai yeah yeah like and i know that he's not the only person involved right but he's so he's the game director right he's the director i believe i mean it goes to show you like how important a singular well not necessarily a singular vision but like a strong vision is yeah right um and 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 not only does the quality of the game speak to a strong game like director but like like you said the the toll it takes on him speaks to his level of passion yeah right and like i think when you have that type of passion it's like you're made to do this thing in any job right or any role it's like people who are dedicated to the point of like burning out or illness it's like to a sense like and you're and you're really good at it and you're like the best in the field it's like you were like this is your you're made to do this so it it is an interesting concept of like who's gonna take that helm right yeah um it's even like any any kind of leadership transition can be can be tough. Yeah, and and like I feel like Nintendo has a lot of those types of people, right? Of like, or like, to my understanding, like even like the development teams like have been pretty not, not that's what I'm looking stable for. stable from like iteration to iteration. I think of Pokemon and, well, and Game Freak. I think, I think of like they, Legend of Zelda. They definitely, I've heard more and more about younger teams taking on these, like, big franchises. Yeah. Like Breath of the Wild. Um, I think even the Pokemon games. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's obviously Passing that's important. on the torch. I think that's obviously important, right? And I think the thing I like about Nintendo is that I do feel like they are willing to take some chances. I, I feel that at least like with Zelda like if you think I, I think of the Zelda games I've played it's a massive yeah massive like, difference yeah they're all unique but they're all familiar and I think it's a really important like I, I watched a lot of do, do you know gaming or do yeah. you know gaming and one of my favorite instances was like when they were re-releasing Ocarina of Time for the 3DS they're like we should fix the glitches the original team was like we need to fix the glitches in the game but the new team was like no no, no you can't do that like that's what makes the game awesome. And so it's like you have these like these legends who built the game and then the people who were inspired by them yeah. making the new ones. And it's like it's that cycle of like passing the a, torch. Yeah, a passing the torch and, and 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 people understanding the passion because they were so impacted by it. Yeah. So but but in this case it sounds like like this guy is It's like he he sounds like a Kojima type guy to me of like very, very, very dedicated to his craft, his craft, and and his legacy in in, in, a, in a sense of like smashes his legacy. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's interesting concept for sure. But yeah, it, it, you you can kind of lose sight of that I think with like triple triple A games or like or I guess big publisher games of like how many passionate people there are. Yeah. Even on bad games. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, like, 
Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm sure each dev company is, is different and each publisher is different, but like there's a lot of passion, a lot of heart that goes into making a piece of art. And absolutely. And, um, you know, from, from the indie level up to, you know, Nintendo, it's like, it is, it can consume you in a way. Yeah. So, but that's, that's what I hear. Or like, that's, you read about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, game devs seem like very passionate Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And, and I have to give, I would have to give them credit. It's like, I look at, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I look at Smash Ultimate, and I... Are there any microtransactions in that game? No. I don't know. I, like, I, I, I think that, like... I feel like that's the... It's, like, they're some of the last, like, bastions of, like, making a game for gamers. And not, like, fully for the gamer. Not necessarily, like, more for profit. You know, and, and we, we talked about this, like, outside of the podcast a couple days ago, like, the, the massive, like, profit you need to pull in before you even, like, or revenue you, do, you need to pull in before you even bring, break break even, right? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because we kind of talked about, like, you know, microtransactions are really important because the revenue is being sliced up in so many different ways. Um, I, I kind of pose the question, like, how did they do it before microtransactions? Yeah. Right, and I think I think it's important that we are still seeing games like Ultimate that are still doing it without. Yeah. Well, it makes the game like I guess the the only microtransaction could be me costumes and the DLC characters. Yeah, and I would. Yeah, yeah, that's that, and like I feel, I feel like that falls more under DLC than microtransaction. Yeah, I guess when I think of microtransaction, I think of turning real world money into virtual money. money. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it makes a game feel whole. Yeah, and I think because I think I think it because it's like you feel like it is. Well, you just said it. You it's complete. Like it's you feel like it is complete. It's like the product they gave they they put on the cartridge is what they wanted to put out, and it wasn't like this, like. A lot of a lot of complaints people have, I think, with like pre-order bonuses and like DLC bon- or upgrade deluxe editions or whatever is you've developed all that. It should just be in the game already. Which I'm not a huge fan of that argument. Which I, yeah, yeah, but I, like I I, I I do feel sometimes like not all. I don't think it's across the board, but sometimes like they do cut back a little bit to Probably. no DLC. Oh yeah, right. Um, and so it's like you, you you do get you I guess you don't really have that trust there of like is this game really complete, right? Is it the vision that they intended or did they do a little bit of monkeying around just to get a couple more dollars? Out of me? Hmm. So, and I think we're a, I think we're a cynical um, consumer base, like video gamers. I think we're yeah. very definitely cynical. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know. Um, I understand a lot of concerns people have about loot boxes and things like that because of gambling concerns and things like that. But to me, I I, I, I much prefer this era of microtransactions and virtual currency than I think I, I liked like the season pass model that existed for a few years in the early 10s. Yeah. Of like if you bought new or used, you had to pay for 10 bucks. Yeah, no. This or that, or like shoving multiplayer for this purpose. Um, I, I I think there's a smart way to do it and a not so smart way to do it, and I think we just need to, as an, I think the industry just needs to find that balance somewhere, um, where it's not like preying on people and it's not hampering the gameplay, but it's more just for people who want to support you. Yeah. Do that in a way that benefits them. In a fair way. It's it's complex. It's, it's a very complex issue. Yeah. I can't even begin to fathom. Yeah, we could talk about it for hours. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, I, I like, I don't see that, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't see many Nintendo titles having that problem. 
Yeah, aside from like the mobile games, uh, which have some microtransactions, some of the Nintendo published mobile games too are very microtransaction heavy. Fire Emblem Heroes mm. is a good example. It's very high grossing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, Nintendo tends to create very well. They tend to com- create very complete feeling games. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mario Odyssey doesn't really feel like they cut out anything, really. Like, I, I guess I don't look at um, Mario Odyssey and be like, I could, I want another world for $3. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I think the reason Nintendo is as successful as they are is that they, they are, they make quality games. Yeah. You know? Um, I think much more on average than other first party publishers for Sony or Microsoft. They have a pretty high standard, Standard. which I mean, like the Nintendo certification of what was it? You know how there's always that stamp on the Nintendo games? The Velvet Room seal of approval. (laughs) Not quite as, (laughs) not quite as important as that, Mm. but, um, it it was like the genuine certification. Yeah. I remember it was big during the NES days. Because hmm. um, that was how you could know that a game was certified. Like you had to have your game certified by Nintendo to sell right. it. So you get right. bootleg games like Super Noah's Ark 3D. Sorry? Super Noah's Ark 3D? Yeah. To Google that. It's a Wolfenstein clone. Hmm. Interesting. About Noah on the Ark. Um... <laughs> And you shoot animals with sleeping pellets or something? So, next review is... <laughs> <laughs> going old school. But, I mean, I, I do think, like, we... Well, it's so interesting because, like, not only does the inju- industry have, like, ebbs and flows, but, like, the big three, like, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony have ebbs and flows of well, as well of, like, success from a hardware base but like maybe a failure on the game space yeah or vice versa and it's it's interesting to see the company companies either learn or not learn yeah like right now i right now i feel like nintendo especially nintendo in the wii u era to this era mm-hmm. has a bit of an identity crisis, crisis. I, um well actually the because the wii u actually had some really good games i i i feel that the the Wii really started that identity crisis. Yeah. Because they brilliantly made a console that everybody could use and play, right? Yeah. But the, I feel like, and it had massive success, like massive success. But I feel like it didn't go over so well with game developers. I and think they didn't really know where to go from there. There, yeah. Because you think the Wii U really doesn't have any relation to the Wii. Aside, yeah. yeah, like... But the Wii is a good console. Yeah, it is a good console. It's a solid console. It's just halfway between the Wii and yeah, the Switch. Switch. Yeah. Um, but I think of stuff like the new sports games that they put out mm-hmm. that are pretty shallow, mm. um, from what I've heard. I've heard, I've got a friend who's very, doesn't like, much like... And there's kind of um, a consistent UI architectural, like... Um, between a lot of these like Nintendo like smaller Nintendo games like the sports all I can think of is the tennis game but yeah I think but then the, you've also got your Mario Odysseys your Breath of the Wild these these massive breakout hits I, I think I think they really learned with the Wii U is like we have to have big hitters ASAP and, 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 and but also space properly, right? To continue that momentum. Yeah. Because like you think like it's not like all the big ones came out right away. It was like Breath of the Wild, then Odyssey, then Super Mario Party, then um, Pokemon, then yeah, you know um, Ultimate, then Link's Awakening, and yeah, Fire Emblem. Pretty like, steady stream. Every couple of months, you've got a new AAA title that people can't wait to play, and it continues to increase their sales. Because I might not be a Mario guy. But I'm probably a Pokemon guy. 
Yeah. Right? So it's like, I just, and that's what I waited for, for the Switch, was a Pokemon game. So, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's so fascinating. I really am like, like I, I could just talk about it all day long or like watch YouTube videos all day long about anything gaming industry related. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just, um, it's a, it's a weird, I think it's a really odd industry of like everybody not in the industry of, I would, now I would say like most people are, they just don't realize it in regards to like mobile gaming and things like that. Okay. Yeah. There's a really negative, like aspect. Or, or, There's like a social view of the games uh, or... of, of the gaming, like of a gamer, right. Of like, you're just wasting your money. Like go outside type thing. But like, the film industry, everyone's part of that, and everyone loves that, and it's hugely successful. But I don't really see that big of a difference, right? They're they're yeah. both works of art. They're both big big projects. They're both some are there for just for profit, but some are there to, to say to say, say something, something, right, or with with purpose. So um, it's interesting you have that kind of like dichotomy of like. Well, and I think it's interesting because. To play games has taken on an identity. Hmm. Um, because you would say that you're a gamer, but you wouldn't say that you're a filmer. Or you you wouldn't say that you're like a, I, you're a connoisseur of films. Film, like a like, film buff. Very film few buff. people would, would say that, right? Yeah, but, Even though they watch a movie or a TV show every day. Yeah. Right? Everybody does that. And nobody nobody's... <laughs> nobody's defining themselves I, by what they watch. Or consume. <laughs> People might say well, they're a reader, I suppose. Some people take pride in what they do yeah. in their spare time. Um, or, but, but you're right. You don't go like, like your your parents would never say, oh, my son is a reader. Well, actually, parents probably do say that. Do you think so? My I, my, I was a reader growing up. But like still now? Not as much. I don't know. I don't know. Like, or I think your your use of filmer really hit me because it's like no one would ever say that. No. <laughs> or like, like there is there isn't the same kind of stereotype of, or at least a negative connotation of someone who goes out and watches a film every month, every week. Yeah. You don't think anything of it, but yeah, someone who spends sometimes an inordinate amount of time playing video games has sometimes a fairly negative um, impression. And that's fair. I think also, we like, we obviously play a lot of games, but I, I do think there are... There's a negative side of, like, people who are addicted to it. or, oh, or, or people or, who retreat from society. See, and... or, or spend hundreds of thousands of, or thousands of dollars on Fortnite or whatever. It's like, there is that, like, level of, like dichotomy there where like i think that is more the negative view of like my son spent all my credit card money <laughs> i think maybe that's considered to be the norm as opposed to the casual the, yeah or or hobby gamer right yeah so it's... but i think that we make great strides with that yeah right of like especially like like my aunts and uncles who like would ne or my dad who would never play a video game in their life would would be like playing Wii bowling. <laughs> yeah. I loved um <laughs> my grandmothers. Uh, I got them to play Link's crossbow training. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Yeah. They, my my one grandmother, we actually played it like a good number of times. Yeah. Um because they would have fun, like, with the light gun kind of That's aspect so cool. of it. That's so cool. But bowling, yeah, is definitely, like, yeah. my one my one grandma, not the one that um, played the shooting game with me, but um, <laughs> she would always have trouble figuring how to throw the ball in bowling. Yeah. Because it's actually a remarkably difficult... A process? ...combination. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. It's... Yeah. I don't know. I, like... Like, I went... I went to school for business, and so I, I find talking about the economics of of any industry is really interesting, and mm -hmm. like seeing how industries grow and, and rise and fall. Like, I find all of it interesting. But yeah. 
So Ultimate was a good game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Where it goes. Because I, 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 I can see them supporting it through the lifespan of the Switch. Yeah, definitely. Continue, continually. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens after the Switch. Yeah, like, especially... Um, I'm just thinking about... Um, what's, it, what's the term called? Not cross-platform, but backwards compatibility like will the hmm. system after the switch be able to play ultimate um or be able to play switch games in general and then see the the wii and wii u were very good with that right yeah because you did your virtual console purchases transfer over from wii to wii u mostly yeah you basically like virtual you booted up like a virtual wii inside right the, the wii, wii menu u. yeah yeah hmm but um the Switch is completely cut. I don't know. Nintendo's... Yeah. I, it, it's hard. It's like, what responsibility do they really have to do that? Oh, yeah. You know? They um, don't have any, any obligation. Yeah, to be honest. It's true. You know? How many, how many iterations of physical media for films or television do we have before we hit the standard that's been with us like for DVD? the past 10 years? Or, or blu-ray right yeah and like there are so many and they just kept pumping out films and you bought them because you wanted to watch them in the new format yeah so i think i think to me we talked about this the other day as well as long as remasters continue to be easily accessible for reasonable prices yeah i'm totally fine for them um for ps5 re-releasing the Borderlands collection for thirty bucks. Yeah, to me, it, to me, it's the pricing that really will will determine how I feel about it, right? Because on the Wii U right now, I can go and I can buy the OG Legend of Zelda's for eight bucks. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't have to pirate it on my computer. I can pay for it and and provide income to the developers, and it's a reasonable rate. Yeah, right. Um. But not all remasters or virtual games are priced that way. Square so. Enix is terrible at it. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Their games, like especially some of their remakes or re-releases, yeah. are like 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, I, I know that sounds like not a lot, but like 20, 30 bucks on the App Store. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. And so, like, I, 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 I really like multi-game collections because you definitely feel the value there. Like, you could, I just bought the Ezio collection, right? The regular price for that is $80. That's three games, right? Yeah. And I got it on sale for 15 bucks. That's incredible value. Yeah. Right? Even though I've played the games before, I own them all already for PS3. But I looked at that and I said, how can I not buy that? <laughs> or, or like Ace Attorney Trilogy, right? That was priced at like 50 bucks, which is probably... No, 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 40. 40, 40. I think. Which I is said, still pretty reasonable. Which is is reasonable, absolutely. And I said, well, that's... I, I, I had not played Ace Attorney before, so I was kind of like, mm, do I want to sink $40 into something I'm not certain of? Yeah. But I ended up picking it up for a little bit less than 30 I'm like, that's very reasonable. But, um, you know, if they released each game standalone for 30 bucks no <laughs> so i think it's um to me it's like a level of how much work did you actually do and what's what else does the market look like right now so but um it's it kind of goes back to like keeping the history of games alive in a sense which is definitely a growing concern yeah because there's a lot of games that there are no ways to play anymore. Yeah. Even you think of something like high profile, like PT. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. How it, when it was taken off of the PlayStation Store. It's such an in, that in particular is such an interesting like little case study, of like, pop culture like phenomena, gone. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah. Or even so. Flappy Bird. Yeah, that's a great example. 
Floppy Bird was taken off the store days, like within days yeah. of release. And how many Floppy Bird clones are there? A lot. <laughs> Thousands, thousands, thousands so. upon thousands. But but Flappy Bird is not like cemented in history. Yeah, sort of for that reason. But it's it's yeah, it's uh, it's just so fascinating. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. So, did you know gaming is a really cool resource? Yeah, I like their content. So, yeah. Well, yeah, we well, talked a little bit about Smash. <laughs> No, we did spend five whole minutes at the beginning. Yeah, the beginning, not really the content of the game. So there was a dash of ultimate review in our thesis statement on the gaming industry of 2019. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess what would you rate this? I want to say resay. Mm, um, okay. Because it was because that's kind of my fallback if I can't really think of one. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, it's colorful, and it's interesting, it's got a lot more depth than you think it does. Okay. I think I would give this a Yukiko. Oh, okay, really? Yeah. Okay. I'd take it out for Christmas. <laughs> I know I always say that, but I it's know like, you do. But, but like, it's, it's, it's like, like, the Switch offices, offers this portability, right, which makes it, a, to me, more ideal to... It's like, a, it like it gives the game a little bit more value of like okay. I can take this, put it in my backpack, it takes up no space. I can play it on the plane. I can play it in the car. I can play it at my in-laws. Yeah, and like it's this thing that I can easily spend time with. Okay, and the game Smash itself is like just so much fun. Yeah, yeah my wife likes to play it. My sister-in-law plays it. My brother-in-law plays it. Like it's just everybody. Hmm. Most people can play it easily and they understand it. And it's fun, and it's just it, it fits. It fits very well. It's not something like God of War, <laughs> right? I wouldn't be bringing God of War <laughs> to my my family Christmas necessarily, mm. and playing playing it. It's yeah, kind of, yeah. So like to me, Yukiko, it, it it fits in that sense of like I like having it around. It makes me feel comfortable. Cool. And I enjoy its company. Cool. So. Another summer almost to come come to an end, Graham. We have one more game. I don't know how I'm going to finish it in time. You can do it. I don't think I can. I mean, we're a little late getting this episode out. So. We are a little late getting this one out. Um, yeah, we'll we talk have, about it after. Yeah, we have busy summers. But, yeah, because yeah, I've got... Um, uh, am, I, am I halfway through? Where are you at again? I just got the Master Sword. Okay. You're a little less than half. A little less than half, okay. I'd say. I feel like if maybe I, maybe that's about the halfway point. Yeah, I feel like if I if I I'm off Monday, coming up. If I if I sink my teeth into it Monday, I might be able to get it done in time. Okay. For us to record next week. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, but summer's busy time for everything. Yeah. Yeah, us and and me. <laughs> so. It's 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 hard. I only get like an hour or two a day of like gaming, and sometimes I want to play something else. Something else. Yeah. No, I get that. So, yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah. Any final comments, Graham? No, don't think cool. so. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, we appreciate each and every listen that we do get. Um, so please, um, give us a like on comment the- and subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe, smash that like button. If we get to five likes. <laughs> you set the bar so high. If we get to five likes, I will fight a silverback gorilla in a Donkey Kong tie. Okay. Okay. We'll hold you to it. So smash that like button. Um, <laughs> tell your friends. Oh, okay. Smash Mac is pretty good. That was unintentional. Um, leave us some feedback. Um, review on iTunes is great. Comment on Facebook is great. Suggestions, we appreciate those. We love to hear from you guys. Yeah, it's fun. Artwork. The artwork continues to pull uh, pull in. Pull in. No, no, no. Pour in. That's the one. Uh, thanks to a listener, uh, Mr. Luke, for his artwork that I need to upload to the Facebook page. Um, it's very, very... Um, it's very what? It's I'm trying to think of the word to describe it. 
very i don't want to say childish because that seems mean That's, that is kind of that, mean but i mean it's i didn't mean it in I a was, negative way i was pretty it, impressed it's impressive that. but it's very like um Art nouveau i keep thinking of things like i don't mean them in a negative way but they sound negative it, it <laughs> it's wonderful it's adorable okay that's good we do appreciate it yeah. Alright. Well, have a good night. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>